The purpose of this podcast is to share our 20-year experience with cancer. And we want to share in this podcast or increase the awareness of important issues about cancer that most people do not know about. We do not work against conventional medicine. We are not against conventional medicine. We have a different view about cancer and cancer treatment, which is backed by science and personal experience over the last 20 years, talking to more than 10,000 people with cancer and personally consulting and helping them in our 3E program here in the south of Germany. We've worked with more than 1,500 people, 1,500 people with cancer in the last 11 years. So we have gained an, a lot of insight and knowledge and we understand that it is somehow, cancer is somehow a complex issue or at least it seems very complex. And therefore, we think it, it is not a complex thing and this is where we want to bring this awareness and also knowledge about cancer from a different point of view to simplify it and to also give you practical ideas. But obviously, we're not replacing, and this is obviously a very important one, we're not replacing medical advice. So please, whenever you hear this podcast and you want to do something, what you hear heard on this podcast, always consult with your, uh, with your doctor to make sure that it is correct and okay for you. So let's start by introducing ourselves. And uh, Lothar, would you like to start um, to talk a little bit about who you are um, and how your journey started with the idea or with how, how, how did it start helping people with cancer? Well, I came to the whole story because a friend of mine uh, had cancer and, uh, and I just tried to help him. Then um, I met uh, um, Lynn McTaggart, the author from uh, What Doctors Don't Tell You, maybe you know this famous book, and uh, I asked her whether she could help me and uh, that I could help my, my friend at that time. This is already 20 years ago, by the way. And um, well, and then I, uh, uh, I asked her and she said to me, hey, in three weeks, there is a big alternative cancer conference in London. Why you don't come over? And this is what I did at the end. Unfortunately, my friend died exactly at that weekend. And But anyway, I met all these, at that time for me, a little bit strange people who spoke about uh, how to treat uh, cancer in an alternative way. And this was a really surprising weekend for me because this was the first time that I heard that there are so many other alternative therapies uh, <clears throat> how you can treat cancer. And this is how I came to the whole story. Yeah? And we have to say, obviously, for, uh, for everybody listening in, that uh, the two of us, Lothar and myself, both went through this experience. And this is how we, we, um, we started the, the organization People Against Cancer in Germany, and then came the 3E Center. Um, and, um, and our friend that had this cancer then, he went the conventional way. And I think it was for us, Lothar, um, not something we wanted to get in, right? Well, not at all. <laughs> we both had our, let me say, private and business life, wasn't it? And, Absolutely. And, and both of us, you were more in the in the banking business. I uh, I was uh, I had my my sports business before. I was uh, working as a nurse in, in psychotherapy. Um, so. <laughs> Cancer was not a part of my life at all. 
Exactly. And the same for me. And I believe when I'm thinking back at the conference and also the discussions we had, and it was with Frank Weaver, Lynn McTaggart, and uh, many of the other doctors that we met at that conference. And I think the two of us in the end sat down and asked the question, uh, what what if it's true what they're saying? You know, what what is it tr if it's true and we just don't know about those things? And I think that question kept me going and I think it also kept you a bit going. And then you made a huge step by saying, let's do it and find out ourselves. And I think that's how this whole journey started for us. Yeah, that's right. Well, I was, you remember maybe, <laughs> um, I was in a position at that time that I sold my business and, and, and I didn't work at that time and I had uh, quite more time. And so, and, and, and like you said, you know, when, when I met first all these well, uh, strange people for me at that time in London, I was thinking, well, there, there can, can be only one truth. So if they are right, then the others are not right. And uh, of course, because uh, after Werner died, um, um, in the first weeks, it was not that important. But for a long time, it was working really in my brain. And I wanted to know more about it. And this is how I at the end came up with the idea, okay, why we don't go there and we see all these doctors personally and let's talk to all these people in, in front of them and ask them, what have you done to become healthy again? And this is when we started uh, in, in, when was it, 98, I think? Beginning yeah. of 98, when we flew to uh, to Bahamas, to the IIT clinic, when we flew to uh, San Diego. And then, of course, I think the most uh, um, um, influence had uh, Frank Weaver from People Against Cancer. He showed us all his research he did for at that time, more than 10 years already. And, uh, well, it changed my life. And I think it changed your life. Absolutely. So and let, let's bring it to the now. And over the, the next uh, number of podcasts, we, we will always bring in some of our stories on the journey. But let's get to the first question today, Lothar. We, we want to bring a little bit more light into that big, big question. What is cancer? I think there is so much out there and so much confusion and And people do get confused and in the end, nobody knows it apparently. So let's share what our view is and your view is. What is cancer? Well, I think it's still the million or billion dollar question. <clears throat> the truth is nobody knows it. Because if we would know what cancer is, we would find quite more easy a way how to treat it, how, how to heal people. Uh, <clears throat> let's have a look maybe first when we look to, to the conventional uh, view, uh, what, what is cancer? For conventional doctors, <coughs> or what they teach at university, it's just, it's a gene mutation. So they just say uh, a, a lovely nucleus of a cell becomes very bad. But is this really true? Let, I, I would like to, to, to um, uh, speak here about two small points. Already in the 60s and 70s, Doctors like McKinney, like Mintz, like Ilmense, you know what they did? They did the nucleus of a cancer cell out and did it in a healthy cell. Most of the time uh, um, they did in a laboratory the, the nucleus out uh, of the healthy cell and then they did the nucleus in of the, the, the cancer cell. So, you know what happened? Nothing. I asked. So let, let, me get, yeah. let me get this right. So, they took basically a cancerous cell and put it into the center of the cell of a, of a healthy cell. And we're thinking that 
cancer cells should now affect the healthy cells. This is, yeah, of course it should, because this is what the conventional doctors are saying. They say it is a gene mutation, so the DNA becomes, let me say, bad. And, and then, of course, if you do this cell into another, in a healthy cell, in another living system, this should uh, uh, become also a cancer cell. But this is exactly what is not happening. Wow, uh, this is quite an important understanding. Yeah. And there is, there is a, a, another question. I really could write a book about it because I asked this question many, many doctors, not only in Germany, all over the world. And the question is just, why does our heart never gets cancer. Think about in our heart we have billions of, of cells and we have yeah. trillions of, of nucleus, uh, DNA, genes, but you know our heart never gets cancer. So how is this possible? So I ask, I ask this and you know I make it short the whole story. The problem here is if the theory is wrong the answers will be also all wrong. And this is the problem here, because the whole theory of the gene mutation is just wrong. You know what, what they mix here? It's, it's a mistaking of cause and effect, because what, what happened here? The pathologists in, 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 the, in the hospital, of course, when they look to cancer cells, they always they see changes of the nucleus. And because they always see this, if somebody has cancer, they are thinking, okay, this is the cause of uh, a cancer. And, but here is the problem, because the changes of the nucleus will come quite later in a long process. Before, for example, the so-called mitochondria in the cells are changing, the, the, the cell membrane tension is changing. So many, many things are changing before the nucleus of, is changing. But the pathologists, these are the people who are saying you have cancer, yes or no. Uh, so the pathologists are always seeing the nucleus um, um, change And so they're thinking, this must be the cause of cancer. This is the problem here at the conventional medicine. So they're mixing up causation with correlation. Exactly. And um, they see something. It's like when an alien comes to the world and there's an alien sees there's a fire in a house and they see the fire uh, fireman or the fire brigade always around the burning house, eventually they could think, well, they must be putting the fire into the house because they're always around when a house is burning. And there's a correlation. They have to be there at some point, but they're not causing it. And it's a little bit the same there. Is it also, um, then obviously the, the, the thing we need to become aware of is if even the best people with the best intention base the whole work on an incorrect or partially incorrect theory, then how good can the outcomes be? Exactly. This is the, the, you came to the point. This is exactly the problem here, you know. This is what I, what I mentioned before, you know. If, the, if a theory behind is wrong, uh, then of course all the answers, all the tries, uh, all the, uh, when they try to find the best therapy, must be wrong as well. For example, what is the, the biggest problem here? The biggest problem is because they think The nucleus is uh, destroyed. We can't we can't do anything for, for for the cell. So what do we have to do? We have to destroy the cell. And this is exactly what conventional therapy is is today. What are they doing? They um, they do surgery. They cut it out. They try to destroy it with poisons like chemotherapy 
or they like to destroy it uh, with with uh, radiation. That's it, you know. What they don't understand is there is uh, a problem with um, uh, with the cells here. Um, let's 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 see some other COEs. You know, this is not the only COE uh, about the gene mutation. This is just what they teach at the university. But there are a lot of people all over the world. They really thought about what uh, what is cancer. Maybe Lothar, yep. let, let's let's focus because you're right. There, there. I, I think you found at least twenty or thirty different ones. Let let maybe let's help our people listening on the podcast. What do you think are the three, four most promising uh, theories about uh, a cancer from a different point of view? Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say, um, what do we know today? Okay. And, and this is now science. This is not a belief system. Um, for sure, the so-called mitochondrias, they have a problem in the cells. We, we know this for sure. Uh, mitochondrias are small cells in, in, in all our cells. Normally in a cell, we have uh, 500 up to two, three thousand of these small so-called mitochondrias. And in these, these cells, um, in the cell, they are producing the ATP, you know, this is, uh, how can I say, this is our energy, you know, this is where, where the energy for living is, is coming from. For example, I have 75 kilogram uh, weight, uh, so my mitochondria is normally producing every day 75 kilograms of ATP. This is an unbelievable system. And so in our mitochondria, uh, we know today there are a lot of problems. For example, normally the mitochondria are using oxygen uh, uh, to produce this ATP. But in cancer cells, they're not using oxygen anymore. So this, this is also a very interesting thing because here we, we see also in cancer cells to prove that a cell can survive without um, uh, oxygen. Um, in my view, you know, even we know for sure that mitochondria um, um, are having a problem um, in cancer patients. And uh, there are a lot of doctors like Dr. Gerson, Dr. Budwig and later Dr. Kramer, all these famous doctors that they wrote books about this, many, many books about. But I, I still do not believe that this is the beginning, that this is the cause. Then uh, another theory is speaking about um, um, that conflicts like, for example, Dr. Harmer became here very popular with his so-called new medicine theory, um, that, that conflicts uh, are playing a big, big role. But this, of course, is for conventional people uh, only a crazy story, a crazy theory, because they can't accept that uh, the psyche um, can create um, uh, cancer. For, for them, it's, it's a terrible thing. And then um, a lot of people, they're saying that parasites are, uh, are changing the cells or the parasites are helping to change that the acid-base balance will change. But for me, the most, my, my most favorite um, theory, I would say, comes from a German doctor. Her name was Dr. Waltraud Frieda. And she is just saying that... Um, the, the two hormones, adrenaline and insulin, are playing a big, big role here. And as more stress somebody is having, and here is important, the stress can come, for example, from poison, but the stress can also come from, let me say, normal conflicts people are having. And, uh, and she explained in, in her book, in her theory, very nice, um, that stress is maybe the, the main cause of cancer.
Yeah, I think we both met her, and she was an amazing woman. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think one of your the conference that you organized, and she, I remember very, very clearly the thing, and you can help me here with the numbers. I think she measured the adrenaline level with the people she treated in her practice, in her medical practice, she was a medical doctor, and she measured the adrenaline level. It was very, very low. And, and she was wondering why that is. And, and it was clearly in her understanding because they used it up because of stress, some kind of stress response in their life. Exactly. She was really surprised because you have to understand, she worked in a, in a cancer hospital in Bavaria in the south of Germany. And, um, and, and, and by the way, in the famous of, of Dr. Isels, he, he became a very, very famous doctor also in America, for example, because later he moved over to California and Mexico. And um, so she worked there and she, she thought, of course, all these, uh, most of the patients have been final stage cancer patients. So she thought that they must have a very high adrenaline level. And she was totally surprised when she measured it, that they had a very, very low adrenaline level. And you have to understand what happens here. Um, when normally, you know, you have adrenaline who brings the sugar out of the cells or is helping to bring the sugar out of the cell is correct. And, and then, of course, you have insulin, which is bringing the sugar into the cell. So if you now have uh, no or nearly no adrenaline anymore in the body, the sugar stays quite too long or too much sugar stays in the cell. And now the cell has a serious problem because even the cell loves sugar, but if it's too much sugar, the cell will die. So the, the cell has to find a way to get rid of the sugar. And what is the cell doing? Stopping the oxygen going into the mitochondria. And now the cell can burn down 20, 30 times more um, sugar. So this is a very high intelligence system. Like I always saying, you know, for me, I, I, I use the word in, in causinetic, for me, an illness or a cancer cell is nothing else than a regulation system. So the body or here a cell is regulating something. And here is just a problem of too much sugar. The cell is regulating it because otherwise the cell would die. So it burns down and the best way is to do it without oxygen. So you can see a cancer cell is not something which wants to kill somebody. A cancer cell is a very high intelligence system in the beginning is helping you. I, I think, Lothar, this is for me personally when the, where the biggest breakthrough came. Once we realize that cancer is an intelligent, purposeful thing, obviously nobody likes it, but there is an intelligence behind it and it has a purpose. And once you understand what the purpose of the cancer cell is, may, for example, regulating the system like a second liver, um, helping the body to overcome issues that uh, we're not aware of, then I think the whole view about cancer changes. And, and I think especially we, we stop being the victim of cancer and really following the natural way of life, which has always purpose. And even uh, things in nature where we think it has no purpose, it does have purpose. And the same in the body. It's a highly intelligent system. 
and it does it with purpose. And I think that is a big, big freedom and, and for me a huge revelation and breakthrough. And, and it, it makes it so much easier to then deal with it in a positive way rather than in a frightening, aggressive way. Absolutely. And uh, there, there also comes a very important point here. You as a cancer patient, you will not be now the, 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 the human being who has to stay passive at home, has just to take some, some infusions, uh, some medicine from a doctor. If you understand the whole system, that cancer is in the beginning, I always uh, use this word, it's very important, in the beginning is helping your body to regulate something. If you understand it, then you can look for the cause what what is wrong in your body what is wrong in your life and then you can look for that and if you change it the cancer will go and this is a totally different way of thinking because at the moment what the conventional doctors are saying you as a patient you can't do anything about you you, you the only thing we can help you is destroy the cancer cells the tumor normally and that's it but this is not true um if you don't go for finding the cause, you have no, no, no possibility um, to do something active. And this is here the, the, the big, big difference. In conventional medicine, a patient is just passive. But in, in, let me say, if you think in a different way, you can be a very active patient to become healthy. And I think for the first podcast today, this is what we want to share with you, that there is uh, definitely a, a different view that can really help and empower you. So for more information, if you want to find out about our program, where we deliver the program, please go to our website www.theoriginalbudwigcenter.com. Everything one word. We're going to show you all the details in the show notes, how to contact us. And thank you, Lothar. And the next time we're going to talk, we will talk about why people get cancer. And I'm looking forward to it. And thank you and uh, goodbye to everybody. Goodbye.